0: Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely.
1: Welcome to NBA Today with Malika Andrews, live from Los
2: Angeles.
3: Up on NBA today the Jalen Brown deal it is done but we have more questions in Boston so what will be the biggest obstacle to another Celtics title we discussed plus who might be up next for a major contract? could it be Anthony Davis? will the Lakers go all in and build around a D long term here We have Ramona Shelburne in studio and Anthony Edwards I mean we know he takes on anybody but this time he calls on the Golden State Warriors but is he really ready for that Draymond green smoke all that and so much more NBA today starts right now. Welcome to NBA Today. A couple of senior writers here with me today. Ramona Shelburne, Mark Spears, I'm Malika Andrews. And we're going to start our show in Boston with the news that our very own. Mr. Spears broke earlier this week. One Mr. Jalen Brown has signed the richest contract in NBA history for a whopping $304 million. But before we dive deeper into Jalen's deal, let's check out exactly how we got to these numbers. And we're going to start with the first $100 million deal signed by Juwan Howard with the Wizards. It was a summer that also saw Alonzo morning and Shaq get nine figures and then fast forward to 2017, 41 different $100 million deals have been given out before Steph Curry was the first to sign a $200 million deal. And then just 17 deals crossed the $200 million threshold before JB signed the first $300 million deal fresh off his all NBA selection. But as the numbers rise, fewer players have gotten to that top tier of nine-figure deals. So that's the history. That's how we got to this point. But, Mark, I'm going to start with you here. Tell us a little bit more about how Jalen Brown and the Celtics reached this deal.
1: Well, I mean, once Jalen got the All-NBA, he was eligible. And the thing is, if you're the Celtics, you got this 26-year-old who averaged 26 with Jason Tatum in his prime. Like, you're not going to let him go. And you're not going to not give him the offer before the season starts and make it like a lame duck situation. And I was basically told anything less than the max was not going to be acceptable for him. So they made him the offer. He still has a lot of great years left of basketball. And, and he's also a great dude off the floor, too. So you're, you're, you're partnering that and that, you know, worst case scenario, if he doesn't live up to the deal you know you you could you got the asset, you can't lose the asset, somebody that talented, but exceptional person, exceptional player in their yeah. prime. I know it seems like a money money, it is a lot of money, yeah but you have to do it.
3: But I think that's part of the reason why we started the show, yeah. showing exactly how we got here, because we're yeah. going to see these numbers continue Gross. to inflate. We've already seen mm-hmm. an article on CBS discussing who could be the first $400 million player. Might it be someone like Shea Gilgis alexander if all the cards yeah. fall where they may? But Ramona, the question is, you said live up to the contract. Living up to it is championship. So what stands in the Celtic?
4: Well, West? first of all, we have to see in a, in a month or in a year or two that Jason Tatum is going to pass him, okay? And that's going to be the biggest contract in NBA history because the way you get there is that you have a max rookie deal and then you have a super max second big contract and so this is the Celtics are in this unique position with these two guys and the question is will this combination when you lock these two guys in long term will this combination of two superstar players who have similar skill sets will that work out not it's not always Shaq and Kobe Right, it's not always Stephen Clay, like they, where they have complementary skill sets. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have, do a lot of the same things, and so the Celtics have shuffled their lineup, they've shuffled their roster around to see if this Kristaps Porzingis thing is going to be a better alignment. Yeah. But I don't know what do you, you know. To me, the question is, do we see both those guys finish those contracts right. with the Boston Celtics? Do right. They, because at some point, they're going to have a hundred million dollars going to two guys. Right. And 100 million. And so far,
3: as Kendrick Perkins pointed out on our show yesterday, often nights we see them trade off, not yeah. necessarily both be having peak games at the same time, and that's something that Celtics are going to need here, Mark.
1: Yeah, and also I think now with this collective bargaining agreement, the stars are getting the money. Yep. But we got to pay attention what happened on the back end. Right. And so the the role players, the guys at the toward the end of bench, maybe even a guy who's a starter, they're not getting that big money. They're saving the money for the stars now. And the, the lesser players are paying the price for it.
4: Yeah, I also think there's a there's a sense that when we we do this and you see it attached, like Zach Lowe was pointing out on his podcast the other day, you see a guy Mike Conley at one point had the largest contract in NBA history, yeah. and right? And Steph was underpaid. Yeah, and underpaid, and 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 Jalen Brown surpasses Nikola Jokic. Okay, two-time MVP who just won a title, and so it, this this sits on Jalen Brown like he's got to live up to that, but somebody's gonna pass him pretty I soon. Know. Yeah, and and I think the other thing I've learned in just my life and my career is like don't worry about what anybody else is doing. No. Mm. Don't worry about what anybody else is making. out their pockets. Just, just 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 let them play. And so the Celtics, like, they took a gamble. They they shuffled their team around. They went for a they added Porzingis for Marcus Smart. That is a big gamble. It's an analytics driven gamble, thinking they had too many guards and they needed to change things around. so let's that's the big gamble. Yeah. Not not paying Jalen Brown. I genu- I generally fully believe that you should abide by you stay out of other
3: people's pockets. Yeah. But there's a couple other big extensions that I'm just hoping we could take a, a little peek at because yeah. this offseason has some really big names looking to cash in on extensions with their teams right they all have different dates when they can sign but Anthony Davis he's coming up next you can see him right there his window begins on August mm. 4th but let's concentrate on Anthony Davis and the Lakers here because Davis is eligible starting August 4th like I mentioned the max the Lakers can give him on a three-year extension is 167 million totaling a five-year 251.4 million dollar contract so the decision to make that offer it'll come ultimately from Rob Polinka after he decided discusses it with the Lakers brass, but he was recently praised by Lakers legend Magic Johnson. Look at this. This is an interview with the LA Times quote. (laughs) He was the number one GM in the NBA this offseason, no question about it. All the guys that we signed will help LeBron and the other guys because now we are deeper. Rob is going to be oh my God. the She's executive done. of the year. Ramona, I
4: feel like oh I need yeah, to get out oh of you. Lord, Ramona, oh for, yeah, you couldn't right? see her on oh camera. Oh, my God. You know, and this,
0: and
5: this.
4: <laughs> you would have never guessed that a couple wow. years ago. Huh? Look, you know what's amazing about Magic, though? He can say that, and I actually believe him there. Yep. Like, because in that moment, he really feels it. And, you know, I don't want to go back in the way back machine because it's not that way back. But, I mean, there was the, the backstabbing and then the, I'm quitting because of Rob Polinka And then the, I mean, they, just the history between those two is it's pretty incredible to, to read that quote after this. But Magic is kind of a bottom line guy. So if you perform well, he's going to compliment you. And I think he really means that. Yeah. And, I, and like this discussion of Rob Polinka as an executive, this has evolved since he's gotten this job because a lot of people didn't like that he got the job, that the Laker GM job, which is probably the most coveted in the league, didn't really even host interviews when they fired right. Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss. And so there's always been a jealousy there with Rob Polinka getting this job. And, and and so I think he you know, he should have got more votes last year as executive of the year. He didn't get a lot of support there. And so Anthony Davis' extension here, to me, really they, this is a very interesting situation to play out. I think they extend him. The question mm-hmm. is, what does it look like? Are, is it fully guaranteed? Are there performance and games played incentives? It's, it's important. I think everything I've heard from Anthony Davis—he wants to stay Lakers his whole life. Yeah. You know, his whole career. Um, they obviously are a star-driven team and, and has built their legacy that way. He's one of the 75 greatest players of all time. So I think they extend him. But what does that extension look like? Mm. And do they build in any protections for the team because that's really going to be important with him? Going forward, as you know.
3: How important is it, Mark, that the Lakers, you know, look at their long-term future here and say, you know what, AD is the guy that we want to make that commitment
1: to. I, I think they have to do it. Yeah. I mean, not. I, I think LeBron James is not human. Like we expect him to play forever, but at some point, it's, it's going to end. So I think the Lakers have to protect themselves. And again, in the same vein of the Jalen Brown, you you need to keep the asset, right? You, yeah. you can't let him go. So like Ramona was saying, I'm very, very curious with the incentive thing. Like when the negotiation starts and Rich Paul starts and talking to him like, well, if Anthony plays this many games, we'll give him this. If he plays this many minutes, we'll give him this. Like they may not be feeling that. So I. I I would definitely understand if Rob pushes for a more incentive-laden deal because Anthony Davis, even when he signed his last deal, mentioned his injury issues, but there's no question when he's healthy, he's, he's one of the superior players in the league.
4: It's interesting, too, because the Lakers have constructed themselves where for a long time they were saving them, They were saving all their cap space in the future for next summer, right? Mm-hmm. This idea that LeBron might not be there, Anthony Davis might, could could potentially be a free agent, but they, they just signed a, the, a young core around him. They just signed Austin Reeves long-term. They just signed Gabe Vincent longer-term, and so they have players under contract beyond the, the scope of these deals. And so this idea that you need to save the cap space. Anthony Davis is a max player. When he yeah. is healthy, yeah. he is a top five player in the league. You don't let guys like that go and you don't let them feel bad about the negotiation process. Right, a crucial part of that 2020 title for the Los Angeles Lakers
3: when we we knew LeBron James would be the finals MVP. But there was some discussion, hey, Anthony Davis was playing at that level. That is the level they need from Anthony yeah. Davis in order to make good on all of these moves that Rob Palenka and the Lakers have made this offseason that has catapulted them back to a place where we're talking about them getting Back to the Western Conference Finals. All right, we're going to go from the West to the East because James Harden—he might not take the court for the Sixers this season, but that didn't stop him from taking the mic to talk about Damian Lillard's trade request. Yes, I,
4: air quote I that right. Damian
3: Lillard's trade <laughs> Is that the message? The latest yeah. one, Ramona. We'll make make? Let's read the okay. team leads next.
0: <laughs> now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up hypnotic and cognac weighing heavily on the team. Now, let's talk about the
5: play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured, it was green and gold!
3: On Monday, LeBron James' eldest son and USC freshman Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest during a team practice, and according to a statement from the James family spokesperson, Bronny was moved from the ICU on Tuesday and is currently in stable condition and support from the sports world it poured in on social media, and this is what Bronny's younger brother, Bryce James, posted an incredibly touching photo here with his brother. Now joining NBA today, the director of University of Washington's Medicine Center and Sports Cardiology and a member of the Seattle Seahawks physician team, Dr. Jonathan Dresner. So, Dr. Dresner, let's start here. In your experience, why are athletes susceptible to cardiac arrest?
2: Yeah, hi, Malika. You know, there's a variety of heart conditions that can affect young athletes uh, and lead to sudden cardiac arrest. Some of these are inherited heart muscle diseases that are called cardiomyopathies. There are other disorders that are electrical conditions of the heart. There are structural abnormalities of the heart. All of these ultimately lead to sudden cardiac arrest in a young athlete. You know, one of the things I want to point out is that this isn't as rare as people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brawny actually represents the highest risk demographic I- I- in athletes. For some reason, male adolescent basketball players are a single highest risk group and specifically college basketball players can have a incidence of up to one in two thousand athletes per year having a sudden cardiac arrest
3: wow so i think now that the the we look toward obviously we're so thankful that that Bronny is out of the icu that he is beginning his steps in recovery but but doctor what are the long-term effects what could they be of a cardiac arrest on a young athlete
2: Sure. A lot of that depends on what they find as, as a cause of sudden cardiac arrest. So obviously the treatment approach, the long-term prognosis is going to be more nuanced and specific to the actual cause of the sudden cardiac arrest. You know, in this situation, what we've heard is that there was a very prompt response. The fact that he left the ICU within 24 hours, I think, is a good indicator. And, and hopefully the time that he was down... Without adequate oxygen going to some of the vital organs, um, was very minimal, and so hopefully there's no long-term effects, um, to, you know, to heart, brain, or, or, or other uh, body organs. And he does well. Uh, of course, in an athlete who has had such an event, you know, returning to sport is a hard question, and and, and he'll have to have a lot of support and, and address the both the emotional. Um, as well as the physical toll of going back to sport and, and be supported from a mental health standpoint.
3: Dr. Dresner, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. We will continue to update the Bronny James story as news continues to unfold here. Still to come on our show, James Harden. He spoke about Damian Lillard's trade request. Yeah. You heard that right. So we're going to have updates on both star guards coming up. Ramona Shelburne is still with us with all of the latest details. And the Celtics and the Lakers, they are both chasing banner number 18. Both teams had big off-seasons here. So who's going to win the title battle in the best rivalry in the NBA? Plus, wait, Dwayne Wade said Iverson's impact on the game is, quote, forgotten. So Mark Spears is here to talk about the answer and its influence on hoops. NBA Today we will be right back.
5: s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you again try jets signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be you're watching nba today
3: In sports, the number 18, it's so much more than just a number. It really is rarefied air. And in the NBA, it's actually never been reached before. But for the Celtics and the Lakers, could this finally be the year for banner number 18? Our Kurt Goldsberry has more.
6: 1818. One it's just a number, right? No, not anymore. At least, not in the NBA in 2023, not up here or down here. 18 is more than just a number in Boston and in Los Angeles.
5: Yes, sir!
6: Jack Nicholas has 18 majors, but no NBA team can say that, at least not yet. The Celtics and Lakers are both stuck on 17.
5: We have the two most storied franchises in NBA history. It doesn't get any better than this.
6: The Cosmic Highway toward 18 started in 1946 with the birth of what would become known as the National Basketball Association. The Minneapolis Lakers won a fistful of rings in the league's first eight seasons. One thing that cannot go on, the Lakers cannot beat us. And there they go, they've won it
0: again. Between 1959 and
6: 1966, the Celtics won eight in a row, establishing themselves as the best franchise in pro basketball. Numerologists call 18 the Angels number.
0: Frederick passes under will He puts up In
6: 1972, the Lakers ended an 18-year title drought, winning their first title after their move to the City of Angels.
1: I hate it, Larry. No other word to really use. And I dislike the Celtics. In
6: 1979, Both teams reloaded with generational talents that elevated pro
2: basketball forever.
6: In tandem, Bird and Magic won eight combined titles.
2: Magic's just a great basketball player. He's the best I've ever seen. The
6: 90s belonged to 23, but the odds brought another great run for L.A.
0: Donio makes a power move. Thank you all for
1: believing in us, and we're gonna get one next year too.
6: In 2008, Boston won their 17th crown at the expense of their rivals. They had a chance to get 18 two years later, but Kobe Bryant had other plans. Boston hasn't won since 2008. The Lakers have. The Lakers conquer the
2: bubble,
5: and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.
6: In October of 2020, LeBron James, in his 17th season, helped the Lakers win their 17th title, evening the score, which remains the same today as both story franchises again find themselves with the familiar chance, the chance for 18.
3: So this season, the Lakers, the Celtics, are each in the top seven of title odds, that's according to Caesars, and they're looking up at the reigning champions. And then for the finals runner-up, the Heat, they have the fifth best odds heading into next season. But one team not represented here, the 76ers. We're gonna be getting into them on our hot summer mics coming up.
5: Welcome back to NBA Today.
3: So, it's been 27 days since James Harden opted into the final year of his contract to then demand a trade. But in a recent interview with USA Today's Sports Seriously, Harden chose to discuss Damian Lillard's trade request. And he made some pretty interesting comments on how players and teams, they should work together and sort of meet in the middle. Check it out.
1: I mean, I see both sides to where it's because I went through it, you know what I mean, to where the organization want to do what's best for them you know what I mean they don't want to just give a player that basically is one of the best players they've ever had in their organization away for nothing or for for less than what you know what I mean so I get that the, the organization side and then I get the player side as far as wanting to play and wanting to be somewhere uh whether it's because it's the right situation for you for your family or yourself or whatever the whatever that person is going through um so I see both sides so If they can meet in the middle and kind of come to agreement and figure it out, um, then that's like the best scenario. Okay,
3: interesting. Back here with Ramona Shelburne with Mark Spears. We just heard James Harden be pretty diplomatic, right? When addressing the Damian Lillard. Trade request here, Bermudez. I feel like there's some tea leaves that we all need to read a little bit here.
4: <laughs> it was funny I'm talking about Dame, right? Um, you know, I've, I've tried to do something in my life where, like, when somebody's talking about this, and then your immediate reaction is to roll your eyes and be like, "Okay, but there's where that's why there's free agency." But then actually think about what he said. There, there really isn't true free agency in the NBA now. Like, if you're a superstar, you can't necessarily even get to free agency because you're so valuable to a franchise that they never let you get there. Like this idea that that Giannis could be a free agent one day or that Joel Embiid could be a free agent one day. Jokic, those guys will never get to free agency because when it comes time for them to sign an extension, if they don't sign the extension, you put your team in peril. And so I understand what James is saying. Like players don't really have that true free agency. If they try to get that, they get into, they get into difficult situations. Damian Lillard was so loyal Wanted to put himself in in a good position all these years. Probably just waited too long. The only comparison I see really with him that that lines up in terms of the way he's handled this is probably probably Anthony Davis in the way that he, he just wanted to go to the Lakers. Like he gave them one team. And when you look back at that Anthony Davis trade, that took a while. New Orleans didn't do that right away. They didn't yeah. do that during the previous season. That, that, that was an awful season for the Lakers, and they, they held on to it. And, and New Orleans held on to him all the way until the summer. I remember Frank Vogel, when he got the job, Anthony Davis wasn't on the Lakers yet. So that, that trade took quite some time. And I think that's probably what we're going to see here with Davis. It's going to take some time. The only question is, does it happen during the offseason, or do we wait all the way until February when they have more teams, more time, to, and he may even expand his list of teams he'd be willing to go to?
1: Well, I, I think the difference, though, going to your thing, is uh, New Orleans certainly wasn't as sympathetic as Portland. No. You no, know, I remember going to New Orleans after uh, a hurricane and going back into one of the, you know, little liquor stores. Not that I bought anything, but um, all the food was gone except Anthony Davis Ruffles. <laughs> like. <laughs> That's how angry New Orleans was at Anthony Davis. (laughs) Like, they didn't even want to buy his (laughs) chips, right? And Anthony Davis is an amazing guy, but New Orleans is still a little bitter about it. And understandably, when Anthony Davis came back to New Orleans for the first time, he had extra security. He was nervous. With Dame, Dame's doing camps in Portland. Yeah, Yeah. Kids are coming. Uh, Like, he, I think the thing that's going to be tough for Portland is, like, Anthony Davis ain't moving to New Orleans. He ain't going to be there eating uh, shrimp, right? Or Ruffles. Or Ruffles. Uh, But Dame's going to be in Portland. He's going to be there 20 years from now, 30 years from now. There's no Clyde Drexler in Portland. There's no, you know, any superstar in Portland, but he is going to have a presence there for a long time. So I think Portland's in a tough place where you got to think past just right now. you got to think later because he's going to be a Hall of Famer and he's still going to have an impact in the community and the people there still love him. So I think that plays a role in your sympathy in trying yeah. to help him out, too.
4: It is a, a big house. He just built a dream yeah. house there. Yeah. Two-car yeah. dealerships. All in the Still doing events right, are that Portland wants to do right by Damian Ooh. Lillard. It's yeah. just getting
3: into the facts of how they're going to be able yeah. to do that because it has become harder with the contract that he's on. It has become harder with a shorter list of teams. That's not Damian Lillard's fault. He was loyal for many, many years, working to build up a team and try to win in Portland where he was drafted. It just the chips have fallen. The ruffles have fallen into a place that... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's made it a little bit yeah. complicated. But let's shift to the James Harden side of all of this, because I know he is talking about Damian Lillard. And, and their situations are different.
4: Yeah. We're talking about a, a very different, completely d- different here. But what is the latest with James Harden and Phil? Well, d- Daryl Morey's in Iceland on vacation. So I don't think there's Lovely. much happening right now. With the Sixers and James Harden. I mean, look, I'm sure his phone works. But, they, you know, the, where, when we last left, left this saga, there was not much happening between James Harden and the Sixers. He was didn't go to Joel Embiid's wedding. He wasn't in any of those we saw him in Houston at some burger joint. Like so there was Trail Burgers, they, baby. They, I mean, they look good. Trail Burgers, bum beef. I would have probably gone, you know, like they you were invited good. to the wedding, maybe, you know. But
1: he was in the Hamptons with him.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, the the Sixers brass was there. So this this feels like it's everybody is wondering: Does this take all the way to training camp? Does he show up on the first day of training camp? Does he show up and then have a hamstring injury? Like that's where this feels like this yep. is heading because. The Sixers have the leverage here. I mean mm-hmm. James Harden is going to be a free agent at the end of next year at age 35. So he's got to play somewhere next year. If he doesn't want it to be Philly, okay, but it's got to be somewhere.
1: The, what's the most confusing thing about this? Hmm. This is the first time I've known somebody to want to be traded from a good team. I'm, I'm really confused about this. Like, Joan B's the MVP of the league. You know, you got other young talented players there. They Yeah. Well, Ben Simmons wanted to be traded
3: the...
4: from a good team. Yeah, Ben Simmons wanted to be traded
3: yeah. from a good team. I'm well. like, I guess the Nets decided to yeah. blow there, it all up. There was up at the more. Same there's, time. There's, there's more, to that, story, more but... to that story. But that's the thing. There's always more to the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah, only yeah. thing that sort of helps to explain all of this. But for now, as Daryl Morey is in Iceland, we continue to I wait to see the resolution do. of this James Harden saga. But it feels like this is the perfect time to continue our NBA Today Hot Summer Mike's tour. We're going to start with Anthony Edwards because he wants all of the smoke here. Specifically with a certain Western conference team. You know what? Just take a listen to what he has to say.
7: You, uh, what are you looking forward to most of this upcoming season?
1: Definitely going back to the playoffs and going further in the playoffs to go versus uh, the Warriors. I want to play the Warriors. I want to get to the Warriors. Wherever they at, I want to get to them.
7: Actually, got you. Why the Warriors so much? I mean, because Draymond talks so much trash. That's pretty much the only reason.
3: Uh, Sign me up. Guy. I love this guy. Mark, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready for Timberwolves, <laughs> Warriors, oh, Draymond, Ant. But I mean, is he, is he really ready? We're talking about the four-time champs here.
1: No, nah, but, but Anthe is like a comedian, so I don't know what to take seriously with him, right? He, I think he, he everything, has
3: a, everything has yeah. a slight yeah. air of, like, I'm saying it like I'm joking, but no, I really – because he believes in himself. Yeah. I, I wish said he would was have the have dark horse Denver,
1: MVP. I wish he would have said Denver, Because Bruce Brown said that they were the team that made them the most worried That's during true. the playoffs. So also I, the
4: defending I, champs. Okay. Denver. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, there's a, definitely <laughs> a fascination yeah. with, with the Warriors.
3: I think that <laughs> – Anthony Edwards,
4: Draymond Green, oh, I SC, love it. a heck of a matchup. Let's go. I mean, look, I think Draymond Green is smiling and, and, and yeah. Like, yeah. if he needed something fun, to get though. him it'll up for yeah. his fine. workout this morning, it'll be there yeah. it is. Yeah. At That's certain fun. points we saw the, the the Grizzlies and the Warriors yeah.
3: series, the discourse around it turn a little bit ugly. I feel like this is the good stuff. This is the fun yeah. Yeah. stuff. This is what makes fans get up, get loud,
4: <laughs> and then there's <laughs> What is happening here? <laughs> hey, but if
1: I'm the nuggets, I'm like. Nuggets nuggets need people to say, "Put some respect on our name."
4: Yeah, Yeah. nobody, the
1: Nuggets don't talk. No one talks about the Nuggets.
3: Nuggets just win. Like that's the thing. They never. (laughs) You think they didn't win anything? We. No one talks about the Nuggets. Hey, Nikola Jokic made it very clear he won the horse race in Serbia. He was celebrating that very loud. Mike Malone talks too. Yeah. So he does. We, He's good we at it. call him Post Malone now. Ooh, <laughs> uh, next like on that. our Hot Summer Mike's store, Mikael Bridges. He discussed his teammate Ben Simmons. Hear what he had to say.
7: I got big confidence. I got big faith in Board this year. Um, I think him, like, you know, his back was messed up and him actually, like, going through, you know, uh, getting x-ray stuff and them telling him, like, you have to get surgery. I think it kind of felt good for him. because I think people didn't believe him because he kind of was like the – you know, maybe he was in Philly, like a little boy who cried wolf sometimes. Definitely got faith, man. I think he's just, I think he's in a good place. Like, we're close. Like, he's the one talking in the chat all the time. Like, he's just, he's just, I think he just feels that, like, he has fucking a lot of friends and we all fuck with him. And yeah. obviously, yeah, we want him to score and stuff, but we ain't not pressed about it. Like, you just want to be him, be aggressive, and um, just play the right way.
3: Next time I will make sure to have
4: a tweet button there. That was Mikhail
3: Bridges on Paul George's podcast. P. I actually am really enjoying Paul George's podcast. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he's got big faith though good in adjusted. Ben Simmons. He he's been excellent. Um, Simmons has been rehabbing Ramona from that back injury. Yep. What are folks around the league saying?
4: Look, that, those those comments tell me more about Mikael Bridges than, than Ben Simmons. Like mm. until Ben Simmons plays, until he gets through a season and he's healthy and he's and he's back to the form that we saw in Philadelphia earlier in his career, we don't know. But I, I think what what Bridges is saying here is to, to me it's really important with. For, for Ben going forward. He yeah. has to feel that support of his teammates. Like, I, I know one of the dynamics in Brooklyn that was hard last year for Ben was like, you had Kyrie and you had, you had James and Kevin Durant. They want to win. Mm-hmm. And they don't have, to, they, they weren't part of why Ben Simmons got to the place he did mentally and physically. And so, when Ben comes to join their team and he's still dealing with all that, yeah. it was, there was an impatience there, I think, from the two guys, from, from Kyrie. Kyrie, very publicly supportive. Kevin, publicly supportive. But I think there was a frustration there. And mm-hmm. Ben could feel that. Right. But I mean, you, you know, of
3: course you feel that. And I think no one's expecting him to come back and shoot jumpers. It's just yeah. about if he can get back in the open floor, Mark, and do yeah. what he does. That we saw ben, the ben Simmons, we were talking about in the yeah. newsroom, the rookie year Ben Simmons mixtapes yeah. on YouTube. Look them up. It was a completely different player. What are you hearing on that front?
1: Well, I talked to somebody close to the former LSU star. Shout out LSU. Um, they would say, I would say he's in the final stage of prep for the season and he has passed every benchmark and is as healthy as he has ever been since his last year in Philly. Mm. Brooklyn has been incredibly supportive and the plan is for him to be the Nets point guard and primary ball handler this coming season. The expectation is he will fully resume his career at the level he has prior to leaving Philadelphia. Very interesting.
4: I see him working out in Florida. He's got a yeah. trainer down there. I was hoping we would see him playing for Team Australia. I don't I think that's going to happen. Right. But um, you know that that is to me. Like until we see Ben Simmons out on the court, yeah. I I believe him. Like I went through a back surgery like that. I know what he's talking. When he talked about his back surgery, that was real. That was very hard to come back from, and especially his knee injury. So I think there's a. It's hard for people to understand. Where the line is between his physical issues and the mental issues.
1: And you, you kind of made a great yeah. point earlier, Ramona, about how, like, to me, this whole team is like a new team, even if it's the same uniform. Yeah. Like, I, I like to see this roster compared to last season's roster, and, and it's good that Bridges yeah. is is like this. Like, this is Bridges' team. Right. Yeah. So if he's going to be really supportive of Ben and put his arm around him, I think that's going to help Ben a lot.
3: That's who he was in Phoenix. He no. certainly, his teammates talk very, very highly about him. All right, let's make one more stop, if we could, on right. our Hot Summer Mics Tour. I like Check this tour. out uh-huh. what Giannis Antetokounmpo and Jason Tatum had to say about respecting the game.
2: B, step on the court... I never disrespect the game of basketball. Never. No, so I
0: never, I don't care if it's cameras, I don't care what
7: you are doing. Basketball is basketball. Okay, and I will try to help you guys as much as people helped me before. I don't decide playing the horse tonight. I'm gonna chill. I only get to go to Charlotte two times a year. Somebody paid their money to come watch me play. Like, not trying to be arrogant and like, like, it's a bunch of kids in there, my shoes and my jersey. In. And just because we're playing Charlotte on NBA League Pass on a Monday, there ain't nobody watching, I, I'm i chilling tonight. That's not what the, the, the great players, the best players do. I,
3: I just got goosebumps yeah. hearing Jason Tatum say that, yeah. thinking about the late, great Kobe yeah. Bryant, what Vanessa Bryant Michael said. Michael Jordan says. Right, yeah, Michael Jordan says, what about the guy all the way up in the rafters, the young yeah. kid, the, the young yep. lady, all the way up in the rafters who came to see us play this one night. Ramona, when you hear all of okay. that from the, today's greats in the era of load management and these guys yep. don't want it and
4: blah, 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 what does that make you First think? of all, Jason Tatum always wants to play. Like, whenever he sits out, that's so not Giannis. Necessary. Yeah, and Giannis <laughs> always wants to play. Whenever the, whenever those guys sit out, it's because somebody's telling him to sit out. And, and Jason probably plays too much. He needs to load manage a little bit more during the season so he has something left at the end. Um, th- that's Kobe talking, that's, that's Jason Tatum being a young player. Seeking out Kobe Bryant, listening to everything he's ever said, reading everything he's ever he's ever said, and then internalizing it and believing in himself. I mean I, I think that every day when I'm on when I'm here at ESPN. He's sitting next to you every day. Like we're in the middle of the summer, everyone's on vacation. Think about how ten years ago how you would have just one day sitting in that chair. Right. Right? And when he talks to those to those campers, like he means it. Mm-hmm. You can tell when somebody means it. I can and I think like those two guys putting themselves out there and, and internalizing that. And I, it's, it's not a line no you you see that from them on the court absolutely
1: yeah we we write about and talk about basketball for a living I yeah. always have to remind myself we have that, a
4: get-to
3: job not a have-to yeah, job, yeah. As Monty Williams says and yeah. that is yeah. such a that is such a privilege to be able to do that
1: yeah and then, and then I love Giannis he sound like an OG man <laughs> you yeah. like come sit on the corner with me and my brothers yep. man y'all I, I like it man and, and I like that mentality um the stuff he said after the postseason, right? Yeah, this, it. like, I always like Giannis as it was and the dad jokes, man. He's really a 50-year-old dude.
5: <laughs> you
1: know, like a 25-year-old's body, man. I, I, I like him, man. Me yeah. and him can hang out.
4: Yeah. I mean, I... I Listen I, to I, old records with you. Yeah. I, I
3: love it. I mean, I love what what, what Giannis is saying, what Jason yep. Tatum is saying, to instill this in the next generation of young hoopers, their love for the game. That's what this is all about, figuring out a way to give back. And we know that Jalen Brown, fresh off signing his new contract, has all of those intentions as well. In fact, he is signing that contract as... As we speak, the richest contract in NBA history, as our Mark Spears reported, up to $304 million over five years. And right now, Jalen Brown is speaking about that contract for the very first time. Hey, Dan,
2: we'll have a question. First question is from Gary And then
1: wait for the mic the questions. Thank you. Hey, Jalen, what do you plan to do with the generational wealth? I mean, what do you plan to do off and on the, on the floor with this new contract? Well,
7: that's a great question. I want to launch a project to bring um, Black Wall Street here to Boston. I want to attack the wealth disparity here. Um, I think there's analytics that supports that you know, stimulating the wealth gap could actually be something that could be betterment for the entire economy. With the biggest financial deal in NBA history, it makes sense to talk about, one, your investment in community, but two, also you know, the wealth disparity here that nobody wants to talk about. It's top five in the U.S., it's something that we can all improve on. It's, it's unsettling, and I think through my platform, through influential partners, through selected leaders, government officials, a lot who are in this room, um, that we can come together and create new jobs, new resources, new businesses, new ideas that could, you know, highlight minorities but also stimulate the economy and the wealth gap at the same time. Uh, I think that could be a mix of commercial entities, real estate, residentials, as well. Boston could be, you know, a fully integrated, self-sufficient. You know, hub, you know, attacking minorities and stimulating the wealth gap. I think Boston could be a pilot, not just for wealth disparity here in the U.S., but also for around the world. So you asked me what I wanted to do or what I want to do. Um, One, I want to, you know, attack that wealth gap here in Boston, create a project. Um, Also, I want to help stimulate the overall economy, and I want to bring Black Wall Street here to Boston.
2: Jalen, usually these press conferences, conferences are done just at the facility, not a ton of fanfare. Why did you want to do it here at your bridge program in front of all these people? Well, I think it kind of just
7: happened to fall like that. You know, I think we would probably would all like to get the deal done a little bit early, but, you know, this is where – this is the day it fell on, and I knew I was going to be here spending most of my time. So I thought it was fitting. I thought it kind of just kind of happily fell together like that. But what more beautiful place – to be in the environment with, with youth, to be an environment for learning that's supposed to be cutting an edge and make the world a better place, and that's what you know. I think we're all in the business of you know, besides just entertainment. So for it to be here, I think was just divine timing. And and now as we are putting the pen to paper, we got a lot of work to do, and I think we're all in that same journey to make this place, this community that we all live in, uh, better. And we all have that responsibility. Excellent. Jalen con- congratulations um how do you feel like the contract negotiations went seems like you both sides were very deliberate here took your time with this made sure it was done right what kind of things were you looking for from the Celtics obviously a lot of commitments off the court I'm sure you'd love support from them on as well and um you know for Wick how, how do you see the Celtics kind of partnering with Jalen on you know a lot of his initiatives off the floor it's a question for me or, or for what? Uh, for both. Thank you, sir. Uh, what was the question again? I'm sorry. Um, it's, how, a little, it's a little the,
5: quiet. The, if the we the could mic, turn the mic. The I don't think the mic's Sorry, um, sorry.
7: Jalen, first for you. Um, how do you feel like the contract negotiations went? And what were you looking to, you know, get from the Celtics, you know, on the court and off the court through these negotiations? Uh, I just, I think it went great. I think a lot of time when you when you talk about a relationship that you have, with individuals you can just talk to them normally and direct because I've known these guys for seven plus years, and a lot of times when you know financial stuff kind of gets into play, you know it gets a little bit you know more sensitive or et cetera, but I thought from my standpoint you know they understood where I came from, they understood where we came from, and it was all about just meeting that meeting in a place where it made sense for everybody, and I'm glad that we were able to finish it and get everything done um and to be able to have the community here um at the same time, I think that was just you know. The story Ryan writes itself. And, and Rick, your perspective on the negotiations, you know, things that were important to the Celtics and for Jalen, and how you know the organization is going to support his off the court causes.
6: Right. Yeah, that off the court is is a big part of our discussion. It was very uh, explicit. We spent serious time on it on Sunday, as an example. But it's always been that way with Jalen being here and with his teammates. We try to lead the league in things we do off the court, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't double it or triple it. I mean, that's the aspiration. Jalen's going to be a driving force in that. Um, in terms, of-
3: We will have more on Jalen Brown as the week continues to unfold and as he continues to make those comments about the richest deal in NBA history. You can see here some of the notable Celtics contracts as they continue to march toward what they hope is banner number 18 coming up on nba today alan iverson teaming up with Dwayne wade for a very special occasion we're going to discuss how the answer is joining forces with the flash that's coming up next on nba today
4: another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to say for it
3: Dwayne Wade will be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame on August 12th. He has chosen a fellow number three to present him on the big day. Former MVP 2016 Hall of Fame inductee Allen Iverson will get the honors. And our very own Hall of Famer, Mark Spears, you spoke with Dwayne Wade a little bit earlier yeah. this week to understand how he came to the decision to have Iverson give him these honors. Why was that?
1: Check it out on Ask a, but he basically said that um, and Ramona mentioned she didn't know that they were close by any means, but he yeah. said he didn't think Allen has gotten the des- respect he's deserved over the years. Yeah. He said they're always talking about Kobe, respectively, also LeBron, also, you know, Michael Jordan, but you don't mention Iverson. And I just remember from covering the league from t- 99 to 2010, there were, Kobe was intimidating. LeBron was intimidating. Shaq was intimidating. Allen Iverson was just as intimidating.
4: Yeah, he was, and, and he's also a great guy if you know him in, in, in the back off the court, right? Yeah, um, and he, Chuck. Yeah, and he, he, like, to me, I think the, the, the real ones know, like if you grew up watching him, but Dwayne's white, and I, I think that's awesome that he's using his platform to elevate AI back into the conversation.
3: Yeah, when I think of AI, I think of not only what he does on the court, but also his culture yeah. yeah, showing Passion. up in the cornrows, showing oh, yeah. up and saying, he you know what, rappers. Yeah, the dress code, I'm not with that. Like, what he did for the culture of basketball, yeah. that I think I'm really excited to see come back to the forefront when we see Mark Spears inducted into yeah. the Hall of Fame, when we see Dwayne Wade and the rest of the 2023 class. Uh, <laughs> this you. is a Hall of Fame-worthy shot, though.
2: we got to show presented you this.
3: Me. <laughs> I am presenting him, and I'm so, so, so excited. But I don't know I'm excited as the Sparks were last night because they've lost a franchise record eight games in a row.
4: And that's because hurt.
3: It all changed. Jordan, Canada, with the ball. Sparks down two. Final seconds. Canada with the pull up okay. three. To
4: end the losing streak, I mean, we, we got to take one more look at this, yeah, here, Ramona. Nice. And Neka Gumake, 30 points in this game. Big shot there from Jordan. The fans you that one. Loving it. The Sparks get the win, 79-78. To and our girl Love Janae it. Agumake,
3: showed how the Sparks <laughs> celebrated the win. Janae, thank you for being our woman on the inside here. You got to get that little the, the shower to celebrate it all. Check out. Our next WNBA action this Sunday afternoon—it's an East Coast-West Coast matchup between Brianna Stewart and the Liberty and the NECA Agumake and the Sparks at four o'clock Eastern with oh, coverage. Hey, Big WNBA countdown at three thirty Eastern. Still so to come on NBA Today: Tyrese Halliburton is predicting some fireworks this season for the Pacers, but who was the best alley-oop combo in the league? Interesting—we discuss next in 60 seconds. Our slam ball coverage continues Thursday night, the start of the week two schedule. Part basketball, part football, part hockey, in a cage with trampolines. It's an Eastern, (laughs) ESPN2, ESPN Plus. I am in.
4: Can we get some mascots in this? Well, speaking of slams,
3: we had our first look at maybe a new slam dunk connection. Summer vacation continued across the NBA, and Tyrese Halliburton went through the legs on this lob to the newest member of the Pacers, Obi Toppin.
1: Great defense
3: dizzy runs pro-am in (laughs) indiana
1: (laughs) there's a globetrotters and a general you
3: know halliburton we'll 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 ignore the defense part for now but he tweeted i'm gonna be on my mahomes tyreek oh my god Mm it up obi up there somewhere so that got us thinking in the newsroom what tandem do you think mr spears has the best aerial attack we'll call it for next year
1: i'm gonna go Pelicans and Zion. Anybody on the Pelicans yeah. throwing it up the air to Zion Williamson. But we, we, we've forgotten this show. He's been gone for a while. But I'm looking forward to Big Fella being back and just catching everything. Come
3: on, you got to pick up. Who, who do you want to see throw the lob? Who's throwing the lob?
1: CJ. See,
4: I was going to say it's going to be CJ. Right?
1: CJ. And then CJ would do a little jump or something.
4: You Can know. I see that one more time? <laughs> you know,
1: give him a little of that.
4: Little I mean, I like, I like LaMelo throwing lobs to anybody, okay? Yeah. But, okay, you said this earlier. What what about Denver and Nikola Jokic throwing to Aaron Gordon? Ooh, yeah. Aaron Gordon. Like we 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 he we learned that he is a great three and D guy, that he's a great defensive stopper for anybody. But this is this is what they do. This is their bread and butter. And yeah. Jokic just he doesn't put a little extra mustard on those passes. Like they're just right on target, and he doesn't celebrate afterwards. So maybe. We, but look how good that is. It's insane. Come on, In one water. hand.
3: In when the pass, when the pass is equally as good, if not better, yeah. than the finish. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. You get the real one-two punch with them. Yeah. Okay, how about this one? I know that right now there's a lot to be sad about for this franchise. I know that their star player may be on his way to brighter, more southern, beach-driven okay. scenes. Okay. But the Portland Trailblazers... Scoot Henderson throwing it up to Shaden oh, Sharp. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean come on now.
1: Watch out for that. I,
3: we, we got to see you know Shaden a tiny high. taste of, of what Scoot can do at yep. Summer League. Shaden I mean he didn't realize that he, no one told him it was a Summer League game and not an NBA game and he was put it on a full show. So I feel like they might be all team league pass
4: but. And
1: the new Lob City kind of like.
4: Or? Maybe. Yeah, I Gotta mean, look, I the was hand. there the for Long City. Yeah. I was there, DeAndre and Blake in their prime with Chris Paul throwing right, yeah, it, yeah, and like then it. Jamal, Cro- J- Jamal, Cro- yeah. Jamal Crawford, Jamal yeah. Crawford with the b- between the legs pass. That's, that's where and Tyrese Chauncey knows a little something about all that. Yeah. So you know, we're gonna. It's as much about the pass as the finish. People both have to enjoy it. Put a little mustard on it. You like mustard? Yeah, that's chicken. I'm a right. ketchup girl. That's
2: gonna do it for <laughs> us here on NBA today. We will see you
3: tomorrow.